Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is, in fact, calling it now. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And Scott will be joining us uh, in the interim here, uh, but it is official. Uh, I think it's we're in maybe – Paul, we've usually saved it for when it's mathematically over, um, and I think that there is some extraneous odds that could happen, but I think it's one of those deals where if you really look at it, you'd need – teams to beat each other that like it, it all actually can't happen or something right so, we're, in the, we're in the territory where ties really are the only feasible way and when you're expecting ties you know that's that, that's pretty much the end of it yeah i think the last odds i saw is the official odds are somewhere around 0.25 percent that is not one in four that is one in 40 so when your odds drop to one in 40 you're expecting right. the Ravens to lose out. You're expecting a bunch of other teams to lose. You know, yeah. if the Ravens literally win one of their last four, it's over, and the Bills have to, can't lose anymore. There's too too much. So I think we're definitely making the uh, we're not yeah, overreacting having, to a loss. We're just making the safe, rational call here. Having to win out with the Patriots on the schedule is is pretty much a nail in the coffin. I mean, and then yes. even if you did win out, you're not there. So maybe next year, Bills fans. Maybe next year. And of course, it comes at the hands of, I guess it should, it's not fair to say it comes at the hands of the loss of the Dolphins 21 17, but uh, we certainly couldn't prolong the fantasy anymore. Uh, right. If they won this week, we definitely wouldn't have called it this week because they're like, okay, it's a two game deficit. The Ravens could, you know, heck, Ravens go one and three, Bills go three and one. You know, mm -hmm. it's a three-way team tie or wins are against the AFC, whatever it happens to be. There's still some some life there. So nine and seven technically on the table, eight and eight possible. <laughs> yeah. But here we are at four and eight, probably looking at a best seven and nine, and that's just not gonna get it done even in this terrible AFC. Um, really, and it'd be pretty it'd be pretty impressive if they went seven and nine at this point. Um yeah. but three home games at least out of the last four. So we've yeah, got that and, to look forward to. And you've got Josh Allen to watch, so it's not your yep. usual, excuse me, three. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm already tired of this. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are a good three minutes in. Normally, the yawns come at like 90 seconds, so we've done a good job holding on at this point at you know 8.30-something p.m. on a Wednesday night. Right. It's not, your, uh, it's not your usual three December home games where everything is over and there's nothing to watch. There's, there's an exciting player. I think it's fair to at least call him exciting player at quarterback. Um, yeah. Josh Allen, you know, they, they lose the game 21, 17. We'll get into whether he, he bitched, he, he missed the throw or sorry. I saw the word bitch. Cause we <laughs> talk about Jerry Hughes. Um, not that he is, but anyway, we'll get to that. Josh Allen, 18 of 33, 231 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Of course, the bigger, not the bigger, but the big missing part of that is nine carries for 135 yards, including a long of 28, many of them for first downs on second and thirds and longs. And so I think if you, again, were just focused on the box score like last week, you'd miss a big part of the game. Um, he certainly missed a few passes. We, I, I know on Twitter I had talked about the one uh, that he threw to Zay Jones that was behind him, and I think you or someone said that uh, after they talked to the players, it was one of those things where um, he wasn't so much inaccurate as he thought Zay was going to stop and Zay thought mm -hmm. he was supposed to run. And so there's missing somebody you're trying to hit and then there's miscommunicating, which I think is a little different. Right. Um, Though we did to your point, he also did straight out miss a couple passes during the absolutely. course of the game. Absolutely. Right. He's a rookie and and, yep. and one of his things is uh, potential inaccuracy. But um, I'll start with my thoughts on the game because usually I make yeah, you go, right. one of you go first, but since Scott's not here yet, um, 
I mean, I, I watched the second half and, uh, which was definitely the more impressive half for the bills. Um, I've read about the end of the first half controversy where they were sort of running the clock out until they were forced to kind of try, um, which was a little disappointing. And I know that there was a missed extra point, but Josh Allen looked impressive to me on, uh, both with his legs and his arms. I don't particularly want him to run less. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned right now, you know, with the receivers on the, on the team, um, he's trying to make the throws he can make. And I, you know, I'm sure he's bailing a little early, but when you're getting, when you're averaging 15 yards a carry, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Um, I thought I was really impressed with the final drive. Honestly, I thought that they, they, uh, you know, starting at the 10 or whatever it was certainly deep in the, in the, in the territory of Miami, they marched down the field, um, right up to the end. And, um, we'll talk about that last play in a minute. Uh, disappointing day for, um, the defense who held the dolphins to something like 200 total yards or a little less than that. Um, but also 21 points on a lot of short fields, um, and special teams again, not great. Uh, mm -hmm. Paul, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of the, the high points there. I think, you know, one of the things that jumps out about this game, I agree with you on Allen, and we'll say the super deep Allen discussion for when Scott gets on, but mm -hmm. you know, he did, you really like the aggression Orlando and I were talking on, on Twitter, you know, just after the game yesterday or the day before about how, you know, it could be, you know, you hope he ends up being a Brett Favre-like guy. Brett Favre had a lower completion percentage than Josh Allen in college, technically about equal if you, you know, adjust for era since Favre was about 25 years yeah. ago. Right. And, you know, Favre got over those those issues. And, and Allen, you know, there were two passes I thought were just so precise that they get overlooked. And you you mentioned one of them, Frank, was that, well, you didn't mention the play specifically, but on the first play of the final drive to Robert Foster, the Bills started that drive at the 10. He zooms a pass into Foster and in really tight coverage. One guy on him and two safeties bearing down on him. Big 20-plus yard gain to start – that drive at your 10. So you get the ball at your 10 with two and a half minutes to go. By the time of the two minute warning, you've moved the ball legitimately 60 yards. Thanks to a good pass McCoy and then getting out of trouble and finding McKenzie. He was really dead on on that. And also Zay Jones second touchdown. That was another thing of beauty where he just threaded the needle and Zay just literally had to pretty yeah. much fall forward into the end zone. So it was great to see those precision passes. We also did see, Two, I want to mention that he he missed were both to to Foster and, and like we talked about in the Zay Jones one. Yeah, James Lofton credit to him who, who pointed that out because I was initially cursing Allen out when I was watching it. And James Lofton, the color commentator, had noted, "Well, this could be one that could very well be on, you know, Zay Jones too." That they have to talk about when they go to the sideline is should Zay have settled in when he found the opening spot in the zone, or is he expected to keep going? But the ones that uh, Allen was definitely inaccurate on, he had. He had Foster up the left sideline the first quarter on a third down play, missed him, and then, of course, the bomb to Foster where the offensive line actually did its job, and Allen was able to stay in that pocket the whole time and find a man deep. And he, he overthrew Robert Foster, which is tough to do. That's kind of like overthrowing Marquise Goodwin or, you know, overthrowing the Marquis de Sade. It's just not easy <laughs> to, to overthrow Marquis de Sade references somehow. So yes. it was um, – you know, so those were disappointing passes, but very encouraging. He was 
you know, pro football focuses highest rated quarterback this week. That is amazing considering where he was at the beginning of the year. There's mm-hmm. definitely a ton of signs of progress. And again, I'm talking about Allen too much. I just wanted to say, I agree with you totally on the special teams, really disappointing. Not so much the house can miss field goal. 55 yards is not a gimme, but the muffed punt, a missed extra point. The the punt that they had partially blocked, but they got a good bounce on, so it ended up being like a 30-something yard punt anyway. You know, those are failings that just can't really happen and cost the team dearly because they led to Dolphins points pretty much directly in all of those cases, except you, he missed extra point. <laughs> do you, I mean, it wasn't like a miss. It wasn't like any botched snaps or anything, but do you think working with a different holder affected the kicks? Or I definitely do, and I'm glad you asked that because on the extra, at least especially on the extra point, and I mentioned this on Twitter, I noticed. So the Bills have just scored a touchdown. You see Dar lining up to hold the ball for Hauschka. Hauschka called the sun, and he's already backed up away from Then he all of a sudden, he approaches Dar. And I don't know if he said something or it looked like they had some weird communication. So Hauschka has to back up quickly then. Now you have a play clock winding down. He was not in, in rhythm. And I think that definitely has something to do with it. And I think McDermott, if I remember the press conference, Either t- I think today's press conference admitted as much that there is an adjustment there that they'll, they'll work on. I mean, it's his third holder of the year, I think, maybe even fourth. I think he's just had Bohorquez and Schmidt before this. But even still, that's an issue. And then on the, the long one, there are a lot of people I was getting into it with on Twitter, Bills fans actually, about, oh, they really should have tried that 59-yard field goal. On the 55-yard one that he missed in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. you know, he – even if he had gone through, it would have been good by about two yards. And that was kicking the same direction. You're talking about a grass field with some wind, and everyone yeah. in the other half said, you're better off trying the field. Going. I think the Hail Mary was probably odds-wise the best option you had. So, yeah, you know, but, yeah, the special teams was definitely a disappointment. Defense I was up and down on this game. And, you a lot know, of dumb penalties, a lot yes, of unfair dumb. penalties, a lot of, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't talk about the penalties right off the bat because there were some – really questionable calls on the bills and no calls on the the Dolphins. Obviously Zay Jones, who is, I should say, obviously, but on the play before the clay plays, a Jones had been interfered with on a catch that was called back uh, on that, on that final drive, which would have set the bills up at the two, if it hadn't been called back, there were multiple Josh Allen blows of the head where the guy grabbed him around the head. And another one where he got, uh, you know, he, he just got smacked in the head on the way down when he was being sacked by, I believe Quinn, Mm-hmm. So that was his point. Then just a ton of penalties on the defense, but the defense did earn some of their penalties, which was problematic. And also, even though they played generally well, as you know, Frank, I think they allowed, like you said, under 200 yards again, which mm-hmm. has become habit for them lately, which is great. When you want them to to stop the team from the other team from scoring touchdowns, I would say three of the key times are the first drive of the game, the last drive of the half, and at the in the fourth quarter after a team has taken the lead. Those are three times you definitely don't want to give up a touchdown. Those are the three times the Bills defense gave up touchdowns. And I, you know, so that, that kind of disappointed me, especially because penalties in each scenario helped keep Miami drives going. And it's funny. I found myself really upset about this game and not just because of the clay play, which we'll talk about in a second, but I realized I didn't have reason to be upset. It's like there was a big, you know, it was great to see Allen perform well, you know, they weren't really in the playoff hunt anyway, only technically were. But I'm like, man, I hate losing to the Dolphins now. And I, I kind of missed that feeling. Of, yeah, I agree. There was a point when I was indifferent losing to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, the freaking Dolphins. I hate losing to them. Yeah, because especially because the Dolphins didn't look great. And it was a winnable mm-hmm. game. And, and you can count all the things that were 
you know, and, and, and I think some of it is too a bit of a wasted performance by, by Allen, you know, yep. you have something invested. It wasn't like a, this wasn't like a 10, nine game where nobody was doing anything. There was back and forth. There were touchdowns and might as well talk about it now. I mean, the last play yeah. of the game goes down as an all time play. If he completes it, um, certainly the, the discussion right after it was funny because I felt like Twitter, everybody on Twitter was mad at Charles clay and everybody on the radio was mad at Josh Allen. <laughs> um, except that the people called in to basically defend Josh Allen. And I think that there was, um, it was, it's, it's, it's hard because I think the initial statement, you know, Allen needs to make a better throw there is literally true in, in, mm-hmm. in the direct, sense but when you rip it out of the context of um you know he had just ran about 45 yards to get himself open and had put the ball where only charles a clay could catch it and charles clay gets both hands on it and you know charles clay could also have come out of the end zone a bit more um it sounds critical of allen more than it sounds like a shared blame or appreciation for the whole play so i think a lot of people were upset not so much that, you know, I think if you were, I think it's a completely fair thing to say, man, what a heck of a play. Really, he had time to set his feet and throw a better throw there um, and give Clay a better chance to catch it. But kudos to him for even making the play happen. Um, I guess there was also some question about whether he really needed to abandon the pocket as quickly as he did. But again, he got himself to a place where he was open and was comfortable. And, so, I, and I think he did because he was... He wasn't as under as harsh a pressure as he'd been at points during the game, but it, the pocket was collapsing. You saw it very quickly when he turned to his left. All of a sudden, there were two dolphins there. He had to turn back to his right and then his left again. So, mm-hmm. and, and I agree. So you you mentioned almost I hate like a lot in blame, but it is you know it does swing in both directions. Could Josh have set his feet and made a better throw? Absolutely. And what did he say at the end of the game? He said, you know, I was gassed coming out of that play. But still, he's like, it didn't feel right coming out of my hand. You know, he was saying, you know, if he'd just taken a second, set his feet, and just gunned it, it made a better throw. We're probably not having this conversation now. At the same time, Charles Clay in his post game, we all agree with this, I'm sure, or we both agree with this, I'm sure, you know, he's got to make that catch. And Charles Clay yeah. said, I have to make that, that catch. It was a wobbly pass, it was a bit underthrown, mm-hmm. but. You know, you could tell the trajectory of the ball. He's got to sprint up there, and he easily had a chance. He had the ball. He had his arms underneath the ball in the end zone with no one around him, so it's not like he had pressure to worry about. That is one when it's your second-highest player on the team, I believe. And you, and you, I'm not sure on that, but I think that's about right. He's in the top four for sure. Right. You know, you are expected to make that that catch, and that's the type of play that gets you, you know, off the roster next season. And yeah. $4.5 million of your salary. So. Yeah, was, I think there's there's a camp who wants to blame one side or the other. Listen, Allen, you know, ideally makes a better throw, uh, but Clay has to make that catch regardless, you know, and, and yep. that, that was really – I, literally, I pulled a Dable as I watched it live. Like, you saw Dable in the background just collapse like a sniper and wiped him out. Uh, I did it on my couch, so I was a little safer than Brian Dable. I at hmm. least wanted to land somewhere cushiony when I collapsed in a heap. But it was, uh, yeah, just the, it's like the air going out of a balloon, that feeling after that play. Well, we don't have Scott here to talk about three stars. So why don't we move on to Hughes and this yeah. sort of controversy with a, a referee? I mean, Hughes is no stranger to 
mouthing off and right. also uh but this was after the game was over and they were there was a confrontation i guess in the in the hallway on the way back in um and he was pointing and yelling at the referee and my understanding is that hughes says the referee called him a bitch or used the yep. i don't know how sensitive we want to be here but um and that Hughes was incredibly upset about that. And that guy, that referee has since been put on, uh, I think paid, paid leave while they yep, investigate administrative leave. Yep. Right. And so it's a question of whether anything else will be done about it or whether, I don't want to say whether it happened. I have no idea whether it happened or not. And I, I don't know why Hughes would make something up. It's certainly possible that a mistake was made or, or something, but, um, certainly, obviously inappropriate if you if you're a player and you say something like that you're you're getting flagged and and potentially removed from the game depending on the the level of severity and intimidation but for a referee to you know do that to a player um i, I get that referees are i i get it falls back to like last week i don't want to blame referees for losing games but it's not a good look when your referees appear to be angry and, and cursing out and using invectives with a particular player. So, um, I mean, not much to say about it other than pretty shameful if that's how it went down and, and, and hopefully the league does something about it. Right. Um, I thought, one of the things that interests me most, uh, most about today, I believe it was today or yesterday, the referee's statement, the referee's union statement came on, uh, came out on this, and they took some digs at Hughes writing the statement, saying we fully yeah. expect the NFL's review to clear Roy Ellison, who's the official we're talking about. Video from last week's game shows he was verbally threatened by a player who has a well-documented history of abusive language and inappropriate actions toward uh, towards our officials. So, you know, talking about protecting Roy's rights during the process. So we don't know what happened. We know that Jerry Hughes does have a temper, but we also know that this referee has been suspended before for using inappropriate language with uh, Washington's Trent Williams. You know, that was just 2015. That was three years ago. So he's obviously right. has some history of utilizing that word and why, you know, we devote some time talking about this when, you know, we have the, you know, the, you know, nonstop Josh Allen, we could be talking about some of the roster moves they made. This is going to be kind of a precedent setting thing in the NFL as far as, you know, do we have the referee, explicitly on video clearly calling him that derogatory term directing that term right him. if not what's the evidence that goes either way because you can't be young and official i'll catch you you called me this i'll catch you but you also as an official can't be expected to get away with that so right do you think it changes at all if hughes was swearing at the referee and the referee just sort of gave him something back or i'm thinking about not that this was the case last year in the jaguars game but certainly there was that issue where the player said Richie Incognito used a slur yeah. um, and none of that was caught on tape or at least that tape never came out. It's certainly more possible that a referee who is mic'd up, you know, those, those guys are mic'd up because they end up, you know, getting in the, the feeds of, of uh, highlights and stuff. Like, you know, I remember, I know that there's times when they're, they show a referee explaining something to a coach and you can hear what they're saying. And so maybe there's a chance that that is on tape, but, Right. Though I would think, you know, I, I would say even if Hughes had called him something, an official doesn't have right to shoot a name back. The official then does what they so often have done with Jerry in the past. Right. Throw the flag, give him the unsportsmanlike conduct and say, you know, 
you need to shut yeah. up. We're just going to keep flagging you. So, you know, if you're in a, yeah. it's kind of, right. you know, there's room to just, and if it happens after the game, there's room to just find Jerry Hughes and say like, if that happened and file a complaint and he gets fined or something. Um, okay. Yeah, and then we'll look at the, not to bring too much politics into this, but we have the uh, Supreme uh, hearings about the Supreme court candidates, you know, can think what you want about what the accusations were. I think you should always have great concerns about the way someone responds to those. And if they're supposed to be an arbiter, someone who is right. literally a judge, they need to maintain a calm temperament and demeanor. That is why yep. I am not a judge. Yeah. I pretend I could be a judge, but if you are going to rule in the highest court in the land, you need to be expected to contain that or have that temperament. The same with major league baseball umpires, NFL officials. Right. You know, if you're in that sort of position where you are a mediator then you're going to have to, you know, keep it together. Right. And, and respecting also like the fact that, um, you know, referees and people are human and they make mistakes and do yep. things that they shouldn't do that doesn't fully define their character necessarily, but um, we will keep an eye on it and we will see what comes of it. You know, I'm, I also just don't want to feed like a, like, you know, the refs have it out for the bills storyline, which I'm sure is, is <laughs> taking place in a lot of forums right, right now, but you know, but um, certainly not a good look. Uh, also, do we, want, do we want to guess Scott's three stars? By the way, I was thinking. No, Maybe let's. If, if he if he comes in, then we can just have him read his three stars, yeah. and and then he'll have you know, and then we'll do that. But or worse, well, if he for some reason he's really struggling, we he can he can just do him next week. Um, or maybe we'll guess at the end if he if he hasn't here by by the time we're doing this day in Bill's headlines. We'll, yeah. Um, which I don't know what kind of segment that's going to be without him. <laughs> um, I could try to guess. I could try to have that men in black sort of laser shot at my face. Right. So I've forgotten my research and well, then try and answer the questions. Uh, here's uh, um, some people who might not know the answer to things happening with the bills. Now is Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. They were uh, both yep. cut uh, in a surprise move after the game. And I think that, you know, we aren't the only ones calling it maybe next year because I think the, the team that, that was probably they looked at it realistically and said these guys aren't going to be here next year and there's not much else to keep them here so let's get more young guys on the field um obviously benjamin's a bigger disappointment they traded for him in the middle of last year um never really materialized as the mm -hmm. big the big target threat that he was supposed to be he's slow um he's a slow runner which i think they knew going into it um but they thought he could be uh that kind of target and he never was and I think it's clear that especially with Allen's style of play, um, I saw a headline or, or a, a quote, someone said that, you know, the, the, the lesson for wide receivers on the bills is go long. Cause you'll always have a chance. He's going to be able to, Allen's going to be able to throw the ball. So if you can get away from co coverage, you know, you're going to have a chance. So he's done Holmes also, you know, an underperformer though. He was picked up by the, the, Broncos. And as Paul's notes helpfully remind me, uh, Mr. Bodine has gone to the IR, um, and Teron Johnson also uh, having yep, so surgery. shoulder surgery this morning. I I heard so he'll be yeah. done for the year. Nickelback too. That's a key position nowadays. I don't know much about cornerback Denzel Rice uh, or defensive end Mike Love. I know about Mike Love, the Beach Boy. Yeah, his music is phenomenal. Right. Um, God only knows where we'd be without defensive end Mike Love. Right. They didn't add any wide receivers, which makes me think that they're comfortable with the couple of speedy yeah. guys they have, and probably also just not trying at this at this point of the year. I mean, 
who is it that's something too? Because I remember two or three weeks ago on the podcast, we were talking about how are the Bills going to carry, you know, keep going with these seven wide receivers on the roster, and, and they are now down to four wide receivers right. on the roster. And like what's even funnier about right. it, the three who are gone of that seven were the most NFL accomplished, experienced wide receivers right. on the roster. So that's prior, very true. Yeah, prior Benjamin Holmes all gone, and they're going to roll with, you know, Jones, Foster, Deontay Thompson, and. Oh, dear Paul, who's the fourth receiver? I can't even think of it. Nostradamus. Yes, Nostradamus. Exactly. And if you had told me on Sunday night that a pass catcher was going to be cut, I mean, it would have been Charles Clay, right? Like, yeah. You, what are we keeping him around for other than, um, you know, money owed? But um, anyway, we'll see. I mean, it'll be pretty impressive. I, it'll, I'm pretty doubtful that Charles Clay will be on the team next year anyway. He sort of has not had a good year at all. And, um, Isaiah McKenzie, sorry. Isaiah McKenzie, that's right. He had a nice day. Isaiah, he did, yeah, four catches. His name was called a few times. Um, so we'll see what that is going forward. I, I mean, I'm I'm fine with these moves. It was yeah. nice for Holmes who got to catch on with another team. Yeah, um, Broncos will utilize him. Uh, I think the in some way for the Bills, and you know, this is certainly debatable. I think the Holmes loss is a is a bigger loss because he led the team yeah. in special team snaps, according to Mike Rodak at, at ESPN, seventy point eight percent of the Bills special teams plays he was on. Now they can also say, hey, special teams unit's been terrible with you. We can be terrible without you and, you know, save your salary. But he also is under contract for next year. So let's take a minor, I think it's like a half a million dollar dead cap hit, which by the way, these two cuts make them uh, over 60 million in dead money this year. So they hit, hit a benchmark there. Yikes. But yeah, the, the Holmes loss could be, you know, more felt on special teams, a little more surprising, but again, not a, a key player. And Benjamin, I, one thing, you know, there's obviously the big narrative out there. It tends to be, you know, low effort guy. There also is the alternative narrative, and I alluded to this a couple of weeks ago, and, and mm-hmm. Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic had kind of presented this too. He might just not be very good anymore because uh, mm-hmm. when Matt Fairburn was talking to said said the Bills' strength and conditioning staff loved Benjamin and had no issues with his his effort a lot, you know, he's also one, he's one of the guys who was always in that weight room. Right. And they just said the belief is he's not the same player since he had that second knee injury last season when he tore yeah. his meniscus. And that could, he could just, you know, what we might see is lack of effort. Maybe he can't make the sharp cuts now that cause right. his roots to go deep and out to throw interceptions. And yeah. maybe he's having difficulty getting high on those contested balls. And that's why he's losing those, those battles. So, yeah. And it's, it was that first knee injury that made him a, an attractive possibility at the time. I mean, certainly we can go back and forth on whether he was a good idea or not, and whether they were just a little too in love with their former Carolina roster. But yeah. um, I mean, Benjamin had done a few things certainly in the, in the league before then. And, and all right. I mean, you lose a draft pick you know, you might've used that on a wide receiver anyway. So yeah. you used it on him and it didn't work out. And, and as, as Michael Scott said, quoting Wayne Gretzky, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I, I, nice. I like the fact that Dean took the the chance there. It didn't work out. Remember the, the context of the time the bills were five and two, but didn't really have any threats in the passing game with Jordan mm-hmm. Matthews. Disappointing. Sammy Watkins, of course, had been traded away. So they were, they needed some help and they thought this guy's available for you know some mid-round pick a mid-round pick and yeah let's uh let's take a a stab at i think it was a logical decision and yeah he was not the same player he once was or that they thought he he would be and you know but you've gotta gotta keep trying you know they they seem to have got i mean isaiah mckenzie 
from Denver. They've gotten undrafted guy and Robert Foster, and these guys mm-hmm. have definitely been, I would say, positive surprises. So keep keep taking chances. You never know. Some are going to be Corey Coleman types, but you know others are going to be Isaiah McKenzie types. Uh, praise Jesus is Josh's Josh's comment on our Facebook.com slash <laughs> forward slash B Bills MNY. His his feelings regarding Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. So I think that's pretty clear. And Brian, uh, longtime listener and commenter, Benjamin didn't deserve to be on the team, in my opinion. Didn't know Holmes still was. And <laughs> Clay hasn't lived up to the big salary. Whether that's wholly due to consistently inconsistent quarterbacks is debatable. In his prime, Clay was the kind of player every struggling offense should have had a safety valve. So either his Miami years were a fluke or he's been massively underused. I think it's certainly a bit of both because I think there were definitely years in the tie rod years or where it was an open question about why they weren't trying to throw to Charles Clay. And I remember there were videos with Charles Clay wide open and nobody throwing to him. And, you know, so the more I think back and this is a minor digression, but it goes to Ryan's point, too, about Clay and, and your point, too, about being a combination. I think back to I think it was the 2015 bills and maybe we were much more, you know, we kind of look at Tyrod now as average. Maybe we were even overrating him because I think you had a healthy Cordy Glenn all year. You had Wood and Incognito on your interior line. You had McCoy in the backfield. You had Watkins and Woods as your wide receivers who were healthy most of that season. And you had Clay, and yet this offense, you know, and then Rex Ryan came in and destroyed the defense too, in addition to not developing the offense. And think about that, 9-7, and 2014 year with a great defense, then they had these good weapons on offense and they just couldn't take advantage. Again, minor digression, but I think that started bad for Charles in that first offensive scheme they had. And then mm-hmm. as they got better schemes under Anthony Lynn a bit in 2016, and then I like Dable's scheme this year. Um, you know, we still, we've seen him do some things. He had a great block on the bills first uh, touchdown, but he, you know, for the, for what you've shelled out for this guy, he's just been, you know, massive uh, disappointment. You would expect, you know, you purposely bid really high on this guy to make sure Miami couldn't sign him away, just like New England did to you with Chris Hogan. Right. So, you know, when you've made that sort of bold investment in someone, I really felt he should have become the greatest uh, tight end in Bill's history because, frankly, that is a low bar. You really just have to be Pete Metzelars. And, you know, he was a good player, but certainly not a world beater. And, yeah, he just never could could really develop into that. And maybe it's the injuries, too. We always forget about injuries, and Clay has dealt with a ton of them since he's been there. But, yeah, it's been it's been a very sad tenure, and I'm now at the point where, yes, it's $4.5 million in dead cap money if you get rid of him next year. But I think it's absolutely something they should look into unless they just move him down on the depth chart, which I'm also fine with. There you go. Uh, we didn't have any Twitter questions, but you can follow us at MNY. Um, which that's fine. No Twitter questions, no problems. Uh, do we, do we want to stall? Do you want to talk about Alan a little? I feel like we can always talk about Josh because I feel like we under talked about him and we can stall this day in Bill's headlines a little bit longer. Uh, I, I'm getting the feeling sure, that this, right? I'm getting the feeling right. that Scott is going to be MIA this week. Cause I think that he's probably deep in, I mean, I don't have any confirmation of that, but right. I, I'm getting the impression that he's pretty much going to have to duck out on this one um so it was funny because right. last, well, last week he's going to kill a man right now we're not sure frank and i probably not well last week last week he was sick and we were joking about the ghost of scott and now right. he's he's ghosting on us but we have confirmed that he's you know alive and, and I, I think feeling better so that's good um do we want to do this day's 
in Bill's history headlines, just you and me, we should yeah. take, we should take this opportunity to preview to our listeners that you will be on the Sunday program, uh, Bills yeah. and Beers after the game. Um, you're defecting. Uh, yes. Well, for, for one weekend only. I've yeah, already... And you're not going to miss next week with us. So that's good. Nope. Yep. Um, but you will be doing a this day in Bill's headlines with them. Yep. Um, and so not the same ones because you really do specifically stick to the day. I did. In fact, my research, which normally takes me, I've gotten in a groove now where it takes me maybe about a half hour to 30 to 40 minutes, depending on what I can find and the interesting things about the day. Mm-hmm. When you have to look up for two dates and go back and forth, it took me about an hour and 20 minutes, but I'm pretty well set for Sunday now. I'm excited about joining nice. you know, Lars and Cass and Suge and the team. And uh, just, you know, we're doing a little segment for – for them, it'll add some entertainment to what is probably not going to be a barn burner game against the Jets, though you never no. know. And I well, thank them for the, you never, yeah, that's true. You never do know when you have two when you have two teams struggling at the bottom. Sometimes play can be sloppy, but sometimes that sloppiness can make a game really, really exciting. Yeah, uh, and it it could be, it could be, and it could be a, a Bills win. So I mean, I think there's a good chance that a Bills win here. So we okay. will we will see. Oh, look. Look, it's, it's a year. I, you I, stalled I, I, just long enough for I this day in Bill's to, headlines. Yeah. So, when Scott speaks to us, I'm here. You are He's here. There. We're so happy to have you. Um, we're almost done with the podcast, <laughs> uh, but All we right. would we would love for your um three stars uh, of the game and any quick comments you have on the the Bills Dolphins right. game. There's there's no warm up, Scott. You just this is like when yeah, you, you just um, you got to jump in and then we're gonna go yeah. right to this day in Bills headlines. So exactly, you're uh, right. it's good. You're here for the good stuff. Well, the daughter's probably gonna wake up in five minutes anyway. So oh, perfect. Well just so, over quick. Yeah. Um, Kiko Alonso, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill are three, one, and two. Okay. Josh Allen gets the first star again. Yes, he does. My, okay, so you, you did not hold the last play of the game against him. I, I mean, I mean, I do, but I also don't think that there were any better choices. <laughs> Who were like Tannehill had like the worst three touchdown game in the history of NFL football. <laughs> he right. did. He I did. mean, Mike, Micah Hyde had a decent game on the Bills side. Robert Quinn had a decent game on the Dolphins side, but it was certainly not a, high, a game filled with exceptional performances. You know what we didn't talk about, and we could talk about with Scott is is unless Scott has more comments, please. I, I, I do have more comments. I would please have more comments. Let, let yeah. me continue my monologue. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I think. Uh, no, I think the only clever thing that I thought of to say on the podcast this week, and usually there's not even one, so I'll, I might as well say it. Um, it's nice that they've cut all of the old guys and brought in all of these new guys. So I have a whole new set of bills to be disappointed in. Yes. Because it got <laughs> kind of tired. Out. Exactly. It got kind of annoying being like, oh, well, there's, you know... Leotis McKelvin or Terrence McGee, like all screwing it up again. Like, you know, another blown call or, or you know, who's like a Rex Ryan guy who hung around too long. Um, Ramon Humber, oh, like, okay. mm-hmm. you know, like uh, another, another, what did he do today from Ramon Humber? It was nice to see like Isaiah McKenzie, who everybody liked for like two or three weeks, completely botch a punt that completely gave the Dolphins seven easy points. Um, I mean, admittedly, like there were other guys involved there, but he clearly didn't, yell poison loud enough or whatever you're supposed to do right. um wyatt teller who had been kind of sneakily kind of coming into play right apparently had put enough things on game film that the dolphins were like oh this is how you beat him he had two holding calls and a false start if i'm not mistaken um yeah. 
and then, he, he let some Dolphins linemen go right by him on at least two occasions. So, exactly. Yes. Yeah, he put and he pushed uh, the wrong guy the wrong way on the uh, the other thing, and then <coughs> Jordan Phillips, another nice pickup, a little depth <laughs> defensive lineman, seems to have come to play on a couple times this year. You know, come up with a nice occasional guy. You know, play. And he's a depth guy. He's not going to give you you know a ton of like standout plays, but. You know, he's playing sort of well today, but clearly he was, or on Sunday, but clearly he was playing a little too well, a little too jazzed up. And I am not a fan of that taunting call. I thought that was probably not a, a full taunting. But at the same time, from I think it was either as Biscalia or Sal was saying that Phillips had been on it the whole day. He had been literally on the Miami sideline the entire day. And therefore, uh, you know, it, that was probably the refs were listening to the entire time. They were waiting for him to take it one step further, and he did, and they nailed him on it, and uh, it gave the Dolphins another first down, which led to uh, a, a touchdown. touchdown yeah. um, and then did you like his response? So, like, Then he starts clapping at the Miami crowd after they get called the penalty out. Then the next, the next play, play. He, yeah. he and Milano get the guy in the backfield, and he does the same thing. goes over to the Dolphins sideline and starts cla slow clapping at them. I'm like, are you trying to get kicked out? Because another it's important like, really and you're gone. It was really, it was really remarkable. And again, it's kind of like, again, the the Bills always find these. Is a, it was a nice kind of welcome to the Bills for Josh Allen. Like he do everything he can to put him on the back. And then there's all these guys who we thought were actually good, but they're actually probably just borderline players who just haven't quite, you know, flushed out to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, that's um, that was kind of my I, my thoughts on the the Dolphins game. Very good. Those were good thoughts. Any thoughts on the uh, roster moves uh, either? We didn't talk much about Bodine because uh, we don't think that's a big one. Teron Johnson we mentioned briefly, but I'm guessing I, Benjamin Holmes you might have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not. I'm sure you guys were, you know, really broken up about it, and we went through our top fifteen <laughs> yes. Kelvin Benjamin you, catches. It's, and, it's you like know, you were listening to us, that, yeah. all those games. He that had he fifteen would, catches. <laughs> we actually stopped the pod and put in Sarah McLaughlin's "I Will Remember You." We and did. We're gonna roll a video package. I mean, it's just a somber, it. somber day here in the DC area, and and, and you know the Kelvin Benjamin had this on top of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's just it's a tough way to get through things, and then. You, you pile on top, you know, a legend like Andre Holmes, uh, you know, who, how we're going to get another guy to be a good gunner on special teams. I don't know. <laughs> Never happened. Uh, don't Never let Steve Tasker hear you say that though, or else he will come after He'll you. explode all over you. <laughs> um, what no, we no. didn't talk about, and we're not going to talk about tonight, but we should talk about next week. And if not next week, the week after, cause it's going to happen again is the colossal disappointment that has been LaShawn McCoy's season. Uh, cause once again, he was basically absent, uh, from the game, but that unfortunately is going to, even if he has a good couple of games, that's going to be something we can talk about in context later. Um, instead I would like to move. I think we should still go right to this day in bills headlines and then get to the jets. Um, and then get out of here because Scott has a baby that's fussy tonight. And, uh, it's also cold and I want to get a blanket. All right. Well, that's as good reason as any to mm -hmm. to hurry through our segment. But no, we will do so. We're going to start off easy. We're going to get gradually tougher. We've got about 10 of these, I think, and then we'll close as usual with some questions on a game. All right. 2017, one year ago, December 5th, Rob Gronkowski suspended one game for cheap shot on blank. Oh, it was um, it uh, wasn't it was Trey White. Trey no. White. Frank oh, it was. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I remember yeah. really caring that he had hit him, and Trey yeah. White was like the only guy on the defense that I was like, "Don't break my new guy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, this will be a little tougher one. Uh, 2015, blank, doubtful, Jordan Mills likely to start at right tackle. Do you remember who proceeded right tackle? Teen. Say it again. Bean. 2015? Yeah. 2015, yeah. Um, Craig mm. Urbic. In like a weird moment where he wasn't a swing I'm going to be annoyed because I feel like you're right, and that, that's a Wisconsin guy, so I should know him more than anything. No, I think Paul might have jumped in already if I was right, so. That's true. Uh, I've got to become less predictable, so you know it's not Craig Urbic. Uh, yeah. Trying to give some... Hints here. Maybe, you know, next time you see this guy, you can uh, gain his good graces by passing him a, a joint. Uh, you know, oh, maybe. marijuana. Maybe it would help him deal with his digestive issues. Oh, Chantrell. Chantrell. Oh, Chantrell Henderson. Yeah. Uh, nothing like some Crohn's disease references That's to right. cast against the guy. That's right, the Crohn's disease. It really, it really has been a magical trip, this team, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh, All right. All right. 2014. Blank named AFC Defensive Player of the Month. I'll give you guys a hint here by giving you Doug Marone's quote about this. I'm trying to make sure that I know what it is so that that way I can use it all the time. Coach Doug Marone said when asked what has spurred this player on the last few games, and he clearly has looked tremendous and motivated. If we can keep him going the way he is right now in these last two games, he's been dominant. When he plays like that, people are going to start saying, what are we going to do? I have a guess, but I want Scott to guess. Right. It's really a one in two chance. So we'll see which Mario one. Williams. All right. Scott's put out his guess. Was that yours, Frank? Uh, I might be wrong. I was going to say Jairus Bird. It is Mario Williams. Well yeah, done, Scott. Okay. That was when his, uh, when his days when he showed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yes. right. Those, hey, they, they were good days when he did show up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the siren's going for this one. So we're going to, this will be. Uh, this will be one I think it's it's gettable. The three I alarm fire for this. <laughs> Points are worth triple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna scream over the sirens. Uh, tight end Tony Milwaukee joins team. Running back blank waved. Hmm. Was it a Williams? It was not a Williams. Ah, all right. Um, Sorry, Jonathan you're... and Shaw. Uh, 2013. 2013, Moyaki in. And Carlos is also a Williams. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah, that's right. Carlos um, has a lot of Williams running backs. I'm going to answer my own question. How many Williams can I. Or, um, <laughs> running back to shard choice. Oh, Frank is on fire today. That's, that's what the sirens are for. His fourth guess. That's... He nails it. <laughs> I was joking about the Williams ones. <laughs> oh. I asked um, if it was. A... Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm feel sorry. the love. I will sit out the next round. I, if I can't get a joke off, or if I can't get a guess off in four answers, I really <laughs> it, so. Scott did get Mario Williams like immediately. So we did. true. And he got Chantrell after the Crohn's comments. All right. Um, 2009, Colts workout blank. Blank, who just completed the UFL season, could sign with the Colts who are concerned about backup Jim Sorge's recovery from a shoulder injury suffered in practice. I think I know who this is, too. This is another one where I feel like a one in two chance um, is pretty solid. So I'll let you both guess. I can only think of one Bills quarterback that was in the UFL. So it's got to be uh, this one. I would say, I don't know, Jeff Toole? J.P. Lossman? And J.P. Lossman, yep. Yeah. Uh, he was on the locomotive, I, I think was the name of his UFL team. 
anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah, we will res- I will spat fact check that, but that sounds correct. And it's sounding correct. Frank's got the jersey, so. No, I was excited for the <laughs> UFL to not be terrible, but, you know. Oh, well, can't always get what you want in life, sadly. All right. 2008, Bills prep for Dolphins. Blank named AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for Miami. Here's the hint. This Miami player later became a Bill. Mm. It was the Las Vegas Locomotives, by the way, 2009. So, Well done. <laughs> Um, 2008? Yep, 2008. Bills, Miami, Bills prep for Miami. Dolphins, blank, named AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for Miami. Hmm. I'll go with, um, this is, I feel like he was out by then, but I, I feel like this is as good a guess as any. I'll say Alita Mare. Oh, Mare, it's a good guess. That's a good he guess. Did, he did have a cup of coffee with the Bills later, right? Yeah, I, he did, I think. You got, a tr- you got at least a tryout. I remember that. I don't know if you ever signed. I have no guesses, so I, I will uh, give up on this. It's uh, Dan Carpenter. Dan Carpenter. Dan Carpenter. Oh, here I am. I am thinking yeah. of real players and not kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Never think of real players. All right. This one also involves a former uh, – this involves someone who is not yet a Bill. Blank puts charge back in San Diego in victory over Bills. Says with blank bearing down on him most times, Lawson threw a pair of interceptions and three other passes that should have been intercepted. That must be Sean Merriman. Merriman, right? Yep. Both got that one. Um, No question for the 2005, uh, other than noting this was uh, where a Buffalo, there was a headline that said Buffalo collapse leads to Miami victory. And this was the game that uh, the Chris Chambers catch over Jabari Greer is painful. Uh, 2004, also no question, I want to know Buffalo beat Miami on this day, 42-32, and when Pat Williams, like, rumbled for an interception at the end and they intercepted Fiedler five times, good stuff. All right, back to the questions. 2003, opportunistic guard blank, happy with new niche. Uh, He says, I was really excited for the opportunity set of his first starting assignment last week. Everybody likes to be able to go out there and turn it loose. Now, here's, you know, I'll give some hints on this because this isn't necessarily going to be easy because he ended up playing two years for the Bills. This guy is now a journalist and announcer. He was the lead NFL columnist for the Sporting News, and he's currently a commentator for NFL games on the radio and for uh, he's on TV for college games for NBC Sports Network. Ah, Gus Johnson. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> he's on Fox, but close. Oh. Um, he does Premier League, too, or was doing Premier League. I don't know. Um... Boy, that's a good, it's uh, a nice little career he put together. Yeah, he's doing well. He's, he's pretty. I, oh, um, come on, Scott, get it's it. It's not, it's not Ross Tucker, is it? It is Ross Tucker. Yes. Look, Scott, out of the yeah, one hundred ninety-two thousand Twitter followers. Yep. Yeah. Good job. He, I remember his first, and I remember an interesting piece about him. Not to digress, but he actually kind of broke into the post-career journalism when he wrote a piece about. Uh, how sad he was when his, the process of his career coming to an end and what's that like and, you know, being told, oh, well, we're giving you an injury settlement, but you know that means your your career is ending. You talked about going into, um, I forgot who the GM, Tom Donahoe's office and Donahoe delivering the news and stuff. It was a really interesting piece. Got him into the media. Now he's the man. Mm-hmm. All right. Yo. 2001. This will be a tougher one, but possibly doable. Former Bills first round pick blank released by Colts. <clears throat> Mike Van- with Mike Vanderjet hurt, the Colts signed veteran kicker Doug Bryan, and to make room for Bryan, the team released this veteran defensive back, 
signed in September after being waived by the Chicago Bears. So here's what you know. Former Bills first-round pick, then went to the Bears, played briefly for the Colts, and then caught in his career did, in fact, end with being cut by the Colts. Mm. Leotis McKelvin? No, no too early. Too it's early. one. Yeah. Oh, 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 one. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, way, I'm way off before Clemens and before yeah. – um, Henry, I will give you a hint. I, mean, I won't say anything. I was going to say it's not Henry because yeah. we just did Henry Jones last week. Yeah. We didn't want to do him again. Not yeah. Jeff Burris. He would have been another good guess. Jeff Burris would have been a good guess. Not yeah. Kelso. I'm not. I I got. Uh, I got nothing. You got Bupkis. Yeah. It was. Uh, I believe he was in Notre Dame. Maybe he wasn't Notre Dame grad. Um, but his name was Thomas Smith. Do you remember Thomas Smith? Where did he go? No, York, North Carolina, UNC. So, all right, that was that was a tougher one. Um, no question on 2000, other than it, the headline was Bill's playoff hopes slim to none following the loss to Dolphins. That sounds familiar. Um, 1999, the Bills beat the Cardinals 31 to 21. You can answer either of these questions. Um, so the last career, this, this game featured the last career touchdown for a Cardinals player who had a brief role in Jerry Maguire and who many believe the character of Rod Tidwell was based on. And then you can uh, you can either answer that or um, that at the, there was a Bills player who after this garbage time TD proceeded to return the onside kick all the way back for a touchdown. <coughs> Bills player returned the onside kick after this touchdown or this Cardinals player on whose a lot of people believe Rod Tidwell was, was based. Hmm. Uh, I mean, the only one I can, I mean, the only logical connection <laughs> I can make from Rod, Rod Tillman, right? That was the name. Tidwell. Rod Tidwell, Tidwell yeah. uh, from Jerry Maguire, the great Cuba Gooding Jr., if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, to the Cardinals is uh, Jake Plummer, the natural. It's a, those are basically the same person, I think. Cuba <laughs> yep. Gooding Jr. and Jake Plummer. Paul Plummer did throw the touchdown to this wide receiver. Hmm. How, did, get, how did Jake do that day? 11 of 30 for 119. Jake did not do well. No. Under that's, four yards of throw. That's, and that's a, percentage. My guess was going to be Drew Bledsoe because I know he's in Jerry Maguire. But... Yes, it was the uh, the wide receiver he was throwing to Rod Tidwell based on Rob Moore. Do you remember Rob Moore? No. Played for the Jets for years. Led the NFL oh, with Yeah, I do remember him as yep. a Jet. Okay. Yep. It was a Jet. He had a couple thousand yard seasons with them. Signed yes. with Arizona. And still to this day, uh, he, he had 1,584 yards in 1997. He set the NFL record that has not been broken yet of most targets in a season of 208. Wow. That indicates that 16 games. That's not messing around. No, that is uh, the, there were really, there was, they, and I read a good article on that and then I'll move on to the last question, but it was like that perfect combination of, um, they were a bad team, so they were always behind in the games and had to throw a lot. And the only options to throw to were really him and Larry Centers. So it was he was getting all these passes. Um, and in fact, I mentioned that one time after the two-minute warning, he had six targets. That is tough to do. The Bills player returned the onside kick was Henry Jones. So that was your answer there. There you go. All right. Last, last question. We're going to make it a game question. And this is you can guess any one of three things. And I think we have a good chance of guessing all of these. 2010 game. The Vikings have beaten the Bills 38 to 14 on this day. 
So on the Vikings' third play from scrimmage, quarterback Brett Favre threw an interception to Drayton Florence after being crushed by this Bills linebacker. As a result, Favre would miss the next game, ending his streak of games played at 297. Mm -hmm. So from 92 to 2010. This this one, Arthur Motes. Arthur Motes. Scott didn't even have cross the Motes. Yep. Nailed it. And then the bonus question that goes in this. So the QB who replaced him, who promptly threw a pick six to Florence, was on the Bills roster for all of 2012, and another guy on the Vikings roster who played that day led the Bills' passing attack in a key victory last year en route to the playoffs. Can you name either of those or both of those two two players? What did the second quarterback do? He he was he, uh, on the he led the he had I I have phrased this intentionally vaguely. I said uh, he led the Bills' passing attack in a key victory en route to the playoffs last year. Hmm. Um. Oh, it would have been. Um. Oh, it, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Uh, damn it after Peterman, who was he? Yep, you're in the right game. You're in the right game. Other wide receiver, not Ross yeah. Harris, but Joe, Joe, Webb. Joe Webb. Yes. Damn it. Oh, Joe Webb. Ah. I was. I was worried there was going to be like uh, Brad Smith. Uh, I thought you were going to go no, to every quarterback slash receiver the Bills have had. You have Joe Webb. And then, and then the, the other guy, guy was on the team in 2012. All of 2012 didn't throw a single pass. But he was on the roster the whole year, active for all 16 games, and yet never stepped on the field. No idea. Then he went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Ah, Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn's a good guess, but it's actually do you remember Tavares Jackson? Yeah, I do. Sure. He I would have I would have never guessed that he was yeah, I do remember him as a Viking, but I did not think he was on the the team for a whole year without playing. Yep. So, there you go. All, all 20, and then he went to Seattle in 2013 and proceeded to do well as a backup. So I don't know why he wasn't good enough to bet. It was 2012 for the Bills. I guess that would have been Fitzpatrick. So Fitz didn't sit much. So, yep, that was uh, this day in Bills headlines December 5th. So thank you, gentlemen, for participating. You can catch me again on Sunday with this segment on, on Bills and Beers. Yes, that's right. And uh, maybe if, if Paul is lucky, we'll have him back after such a betrayal. Um <laughs> This Sunday, before Scott, or before Scott, before Paul does that, I'm so sorry, Scott. Um, before mm-hmm. Paul does that, he will he will uh, watch a Bills-Jets game, as most of us will. Um, it's in Buffalo, yes? No? It is. Three of the last yes. four are in Buffalo. Right. So here we are in the home stretch. Uh, Bills-Jets, the Bills won last time. No real reason to think they can't do it again. Uh, Scott, you were, uh, you, you were late to the game here i'll let you go first i forget by the way someone asked me what were the scores last week who someone got it on the nose right was it frank or was it me i don't think i picked the dolphins though so i don't think it could have been me yeah because i think i oh okay wait i picked the doll i did pick the dolphins oh maybe it was you paul yeah someone because yeah Yeah, you made me listen to last week's pod one of our listeners stopped me and asked was it you that nailed the score? And I'm like, I know I was close, but it was, it was, uh, that's a, where did they score. stop you? Like on the street or like in the <laughs> grocery store? Or hey, there... you're Scott from maybe next year. Undisclosed location in the greater Metro DC area. I won't go more. Oh, okay. Oh, that, okay. Good. So we have local, local friends that are listening. Very good. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, so Jets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Jets are, a, you know, obviously not good. And we beat them once. And, it seems like we're almost playing better now. We beat them right. with Matt Barkley at quarterback, right? I mean, we did. We did. That we, happened. How, how could we blow this game, right? Right. Um, 
Well, I I I don't think we will find out. <coughs> Excuse me, Sunday, but um, I would say the Jets will be. I don't know. Are the Jets going to be motivated? That's kind of the thing. Like, is do we know if Darnold's going to play? He is. He's going to play, and uh, they did. Uh, right. One of the Jets right? players yeah. came out today and says, "Hey, we hate them. They hate us." We really what they did to us leaves a bad taste in our mouths. So I think they, they have a little bit of motivation going America. Yeah. Is the is the appropriate is the appropriate response. It wouldn't have been like, oh, you know, it's just another game. We're three and nine. I think nobody cares about this team and where we're mm-hmm. going. So what's another loss? Um they hate I, us. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't even play in the last game. But anyway. I will say this one is a little closer, but I like Allen at home. Um, so I will say um, let's put it at 20. Let's go random. Let's go 25, uh, 19 bills. Okay. Paul, I don't even know how you get that score. All right. That's I, I'm going to have much the same logic as Scott. And by the way, as I, I was, well, t- hold on. No, 25, three, you know, three I'm gonna go- touchdowns with two extra, two, two point conversions is 24. And then an extra point. And then 19 extra points for the, the Jets. <laughs> Makes sense. I feel like I need to pick a scoreigami. So I've gone to nflscoreigami.com to find a score that has never happened before. And this one, I'm a little surprised. I think this is a score that could potentially happen. I will say the Bills win this 36 to 23. So there's going to be some some two point conversions happening here, some odd scoring. But I think they, uh, I think the Jets are going to play a lot better than we saw them. But I think the Bills are just frankly a better team, even with the loss of Teron Johnson and Russell Bodine and some of the other guys that they won't have from last week. That's that's us. Uh, that's a close game. The Bills, uh, for some reason, you know, uh, get into like a, a weird situation where they go for two at some point, and then they score two touchdowns later, and the Jets, uh, you know, kicked two field goals to stay close. But that was it. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's how it has to happen. And let's face it, with the, with the Bills' offense, except for how it's been the last two games where it's been decent, the Jets' offense, safety is not out of the realm of possibility. When the Bills had their scoreigami this year against the Colts, they needed their safety mm-hmm. to do it. They did. They did. Uh, I'll I, I'll just say I'm excited to see uh, the two quarterbacks play. I mean, I'm we I mentioned earlier. I think that the 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 benefit of the final four games this year, even though they're <laughs> over, is you know, Allen's a fun player, even if you don't love him yet or or aren't going to love him. I mean, he's fun to watch. So it'll be fun to watch him, and it'll be fun to watch Sam Darnold over the last month and see what they come up with. Uh, so I'll pick the Bills to win this game, too. I mean, I think I'll just pick something boring like 16 to 10 and, and you know, won't be particularly impressed. One way or the other, I'm sure he'll – I'm sure Allen will rush for a bunch of things. You know what? That's the thing I'll be wondering. Like, are, are we finally at the point where Josh Allen – They've the league is ready to commit to stopping him running, um, but we'll we'll find out because then we can really find out some stuff about his arm. If you'd like to find out some stuff about us, uh, you go to Buffalo Bills. Uh, you pipe uh, Buffalo Bills maybe next year into your into your Google machine and we'll pop up. Or uh, we have a page. Which, I, which I did by the way when looking for our uh, episode, and I stumbled across an archive page. And do you remember we once had an episode called Scott owns a Cisco CD? Yes, I do. That's a classic. Yeah, that's so a huge. That's in the. That's in when we were doing bonus content, and we Conrad were Conrad Marcerius and his running dog. That's like episode three. That's yeah. like a very early episode. Episode four. You were almost right on there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, 
And uh, you'll be happy to know that with my new computer, I was able to save the episodes from this year that we had done. Um, I had managed to pull them off the old hard drive, which was not destroyed in my... Which, yeah, you should... I feel like you should... No. Nope. If you want to log into the account and post what you did to your computer, nope. feel free to do so. No, nope. you can go to Nationals 101 on Twitter. <laughs> I post You can, you can listen there. closely to last week's podcast. And <laughs> yeah, two weeks ago when I spilled wine on it. And then last week, I was. it was working. The keyboard wasn't working. And I said, I can fix it. And boy, oh boy, I couldn't fix it. So that's how Frank got a new laptop. Um, but if and if you'd like to go to facebook.com forward slash or just slash <laughs> bbillsmny, uh, you could join our conversation there or twitters.com forward slash bbillsmny. Um, we're there too. Um, bbillsmny at Gmail. You can search Buffalo Bills podcast. We'll turn up. We're by all accounts, at least our accounts, the second longest running Bills podcast, which is, I don't know. Are we like the Aaron Schobel of, of the of Bill's podcast? No, we're more no. like Ryan Denny. We're like the Ryan Denny. <laughs> yes. All right. That's fair. That's you fair. Know, yeah. we, we we show up occasionally. We have Ryan, uh, we, Ryan we Denny made plenty of money. He's fine. Yes. We're like we're we're like the Bobby April or Donnie Cross. Like no one really knows why we're still around. We're just <laughs> keep our heads down and we're the Tom Donahoe or, or no, who's the guy that does the contracts that everyone wants to fire once Overdorf, a year? Overdorf. Yeah. It was like, how is he still have a job? <laughs> yeah. We're the Overdorf of, of the bill of the bills podcast scene. We just keep, well, you know, they say half a life is showing up and we've shown up for, for six years. So yes, almost uh, seven. Jesus. Here you go. Well, we're in season seven now, so we're, yeah. we're there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. I'm, we're going to skedaddle. Have a, a great night, everyone. And uh, don't forget to listen for Paul on uh, Bills and Beers on uh, ne next week. Check them out, and we will talk to you later. Until then, I'm Frank. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>